Welcome back to Reality Asserts Itself on the Real News Network. I'm Paul Jay, and we're continuing our discussion with Matthew Fox, who was a Catholic priest, was first stopped from teaching liberation theology and creation spirituality by Cardinal Ratzinger, and expelled in 1993 from the Dominican Order, for which he had belonged for 34 years. He currently serves as an Episcopal priest and lives in California, and one of his many books is the original blessing, which gotten him into a lot of trouble. Why? So what, what's, what was in your teachings that they thought was so threatening? For example, in, in an interview you gave, I think on Democracy Now!, you said, number one, you, you called yourself a feminist theologian, which was a heresy. Uh, you, number two, you said you called God mother, which is a heresy. Um, and, and so on. Th these things don't sound so, uh, even if they don't like it, enough reason to drum you out. Is this that you are seen as a real figure defending liberation theology and how political that was, and they needed to make you, a, I don't know, a lesson, shut you up, which they literally do. Tell that story. Uh, I mean, what leads up to them telling you to shut up? <laughs> um. Well, first of all, yeah, you were reading off the list. There was a list of seven objections to my theology, and, and those were the first ones. And other ones included um, that I worked too closely with Native Americans, which was really kind of odd. But I, it's true that I learned a lot from working with Native Americans. I love their, their ritual and, and their way of seeing the world. They see the world in terms of, of creation, of the universe, and of nature first. And we fit, are here to fit in. It's not us first, it's nature first. So anyway, um, I, yeah, I see that list as kind of a Rorschach test of, of the Vatican at the time. They also complained that I called, called God child. Well, I don't know what Christmas is about, if not that, but anyway, uh, I think that tells us how old and tired and cynical they are when they come up with that stuff. But um, yeah, I guess uh, I challenge them because my field is spirituality. And um, that's not the same thing as religion. Religion is more sociological, it's more about structure, I guess, in its current, uh, in its current expression. But spirituality, for me, is, it gets more to the essence of religion. What's it really about? It's about gratitude. Uh, that's how Aquinas put it in the 13th century, and they canonized him a saint after they condemned him three times. But um, he said that uh, religion is part of the virtue of, of, of thankfulness. Okay, but if I'm Ratzinger, uh -huh. do I really care some American priest is talking about this kind of stuff? This is you know, <laughs> counterculture, everyone's running around talking about this sort of business. Uh, something, ha something more is going on, more political, I, I'm, I'm speculating. Well, people will buy my they, books. He calls an inquisition, he essentially investigates you. That's true. And then tells you you're not allowed to speak publicly anymore. Right. Well, people will buy my books. And, and um, I was the, the most visible theologian in the American Catholic Church at that time. And, but they were going after... Uh, Leonardo Boff, who was the most visible Catholic theologian in Brazil, in South America at the time. And they went after Eugene Druerman, who was the most visible Catholic, uh, he's a priest and theologian and psychologist, uh, in Europe, a German. They silenced all three of us the same year. So, so 
there's, the, you know, there's obviously a strategy in that. And the idea was shoot down these guys, they're so visible, and then the others will get in line. How outspoken were you about U.S. foreign policy in Latin America and other kinds of issues? Well, I certainly was, was writing about justice from the start. Uh, and, uh, and of course, justice toward women. I was talking about that. That's why they call me a feminist. And, um, and uh, justice toward gay people and, and toward the earth. And um, so, you know, back then they were, they were not very <laughs> advanced in any of those particular fields. Uh, so, uh, and, but that's the point. That's what a theologian should be doing is thinking ahead and trying to relate uh, the best of ancient truths to today's issues. Uh, their job is something different, to kind of keep some order or something in their, in their little world. But uh, so it's kind of to be expected, I but, guess. But as you said earlier, there's this meeting Reagan has where they, you know, it's a very real plan. Yeah. One, bring, you know, bring solidarity to power in Poland and, and split the church and weaken right. liberation theology in Latin America. And you're on the other side of the barricade from Ratzinger's Definitely. And when they silenced me for a year, I, what I did is I went to Latin America and I sat down with Leonardo Buff, who had been silenced also, and with Bishop Castellaga, a very wonderful and holy man, whose diocese was the Amazon, who was working with the indigenous people there to save the rainforest and all this. And his, his priests had been tortured and murdered and killed and everything, and a lot of his lay leaders too. In fact, they had a, a mass there one night, uh, about 250 people, it was a retreat for a week of church workers in the Amazon, and uh, then the mass they said, now come up and light a candle and name three people you know personally who were tortured and murdered. Everyone went up there and did that. And one guy came up after and said the hard part was limiting it to three. I know at least ten off the top of my head. These are ordinary people in jeans and t-shirts, you know, who are living in this, this courageous life of knowing that their lives are in danger whenever they step out of the door. And one of my students, Sister Dorothy Stang, a wonderful woman, she worked there for years and she was assassinated by uh, the, these very forces of multinational corporations and big landowners who didn't want her work with the peasants and supporting the indigenous people and the rainforest to, to continue. It was in the Brazilian Amazon. In the Brazilian Amazon, Where yes. there was a lot of outright slavery. That too. And tens of thousands of people have been murdered there in my lifetime. They're martyrs to the earth, to the health of the earth. And uh, this does not get the attention it deserves. So, so Ratzinger and the Pope tell you to be quiet. Mm -hmm. um, wh why do you stay quiet? Why don't you leave? Well, I went along with them for a year. Um, first of all, I'd never had a sabbatical in my life, and I've never had one since. So that was like a sabbatical. Only they gave me no money for it, but fortunately, I found someone who did get me through the year. But, um, but again, I went to Latin America to learn. I'd never been there before, and I wanted to learn. And it was, I went, it was uh, during the Nicaragua Revolution. It was the 10th anniversary. I went there, and I, I met some important people. I had the privilege of, of meeting and spending some time with Ernesto Cardinal. Uh, the great poet there, who, who was on the, um, the, 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 he was head of the cultural ministry for the Nicaraguan government. And he was reading, uh, he showed me his library, he was reading Brian Swim, who's a physicist on my faculty, and, um, and uh, other Ameri North American scientists, because he was doing this great poem, which is a book this thick, 
on the history of the universe uh, called Cantico Cosmico, the cosmic song. So that was very moving. And um, so I learned a lot. I, I took the year to learn and to learn from so-called third world people who are, who are really in the front lines in this fight, in this battle. And uh, to hear their stories and their courage was, was amazing. So the year is up and uh, what happens? They, the Vatican says you can talk now? Well, they were supposed to, but they never did. And so I asked my provincial, who's my boss locally, and he said, and I said, they haven't said, oh, well, he said, just start talking. So I started to talk. In my opening line, I, I spoke at, the, at a, a large group of progressive Catholics called Call to Action, about 2,000 in Chicago. And my opening line was, as I was saying 14 months ago, when I was so rudely interrupted, and it did bring down the house, I got two big laughs, the first phrase, as I was saying 14 months ago. And then uh, when I was so rudely interrupted, I got a big laugh for both. And that's, that's all everyone remembers about my talk, because even to this day, I'll meet people who say, who say I was there, I remember that. Did you really say that? <laughs> it came to me in a dream to say that. Humor is not something that inquisitors are well endowed with. And so to open with some humor uh, is, is, well, it's, it's the Irish in me. But uh, it didn't go over well. The Vatican kept after me after that. In a few more years, they, they, uh, they eliminated me from their so, circle. So tell that story. Well, um, I was uh, writing a book called The Re Reinvention of Work. It was a Monday morning. And the doorbell rang, and it was a pink slip. It was a FedEx, and it said, "You're out of here. <laughs> You're out of the Dominican Order." And I was, I was kind of surprised because I was also working on a book on uh, Thomas Aquinas, and I thought, you know, sure they're going to like a book on Thomas Aquinas. And um, I remember sitting on my step with this letter in my hand, and, and I was kind of surprised. And I said to myself, "Well, I guess I'm a post-denominational priest." I didn't know what that meant. I never heard the phrase before, but that's what the, that language came to me. Well, what was the thing that triggered it? Well, all these things. They had been after me for 12 years. They had been after me for 12 years. They, they tried to shut down my program at, at Holy Names College in creation spirituality. They tried everything. And uh, the president there, who was a Catholic nun, a strong Scottish Celtic woman, she stood with us. And uh, we did fine, but then she retired after 10 years. And two years later, I was out of there because they got weaker people running things and I was an embarrassment or something because the Pope didn't like me. So I left and then I started my own university in downtown Oakland, University of Creation and Spirituality. Now, you are at, you're out of the Dominican order, mm -hmm. but you're still an ordained Catholic priest. Yes. And you decide to quit. No, they don't let you do anything then. I, I actually did some looking around to see what options were there, and I realized I was radioactive. No, one, no bishop would take me, for example, because I, I asked, you know, subtly. And, um, and uh, so I said, okay. And, but then um, I met these young people from England, uh, Anglicans, who were taking rave into liturgy. And I just finished this book on reinventing work. The last chapter was reinventing ritual. And one of the main points was bringing the body in and so forth. And so I went to visit, see what they were doing in England. It was amazing. And these were blue-collar kids who, this was during the, the collapse of the steel mills and all in, in, in England. And, and uh, Sheffield 
is like Youngstown, Ohio. I mean, so there was 40% unemployment and lots of abuse at home. So these kids were leaving, being kicked out of their house by their drunken fathers and all. And they gathered in a rave community to survive. But then they created these wonderful rituals. And then they took it to the church and all this. So I thought this was marvelous. And I said, how can I help you? And they said, well, we're already using your cosmic Christ theology. They said, but if you became a priest, an income priest, you could run interference. You're one of the few people who gets what we're doing and why we're doing it. So I thought about it and meditated on it. I said, well, the Pope's fired me. He doesn't need me. He's told me he doesn't need me. So, so I went to the bishop, Episcopal bishop in San Francisco, and said, here's the deal. I think I want to become Episcopal priest, but only for one reason, to work with young people to reinvent forms of worship. And he gave me a green light, Bishop Swing, a good man. And um, I remember at the end of our conversation, I said, well, now one question, I said, will you protect me from your right wing? I said, I've been through 15 years of right-wing stuff due to bad religion. I, I won't do it again for religion's sake. He said, I'll tell you a story. He said, I began my priesthood uh, during the civil rights movement in West Virginia, where I'm from. He said, I took on the mining companies around civil rights. I am a street fighter. He said, I may not read any of your books, but I'll protect you from my right wing. And I said, Bishop, we can do business together. And I, we shook hands. And he was true to his word. And is there some formal moment where you have to quit the Catholic Church? Could That's an interesting question. No, I never left the Catholic Church, technically. I never signed and said I'm out of here or anything. So you still are then? Well, I, I look at it that way. There's a wonderful sociologist here at UC Berkeley uh, who says in this postmodern time, we all belong to so many communities at the same time, we should write ETC period after our names. So that's kind of how I feel I am. That's why I'm a post-denominational priest. I'm part, I, you can never get Catholicism out of your blood. It's like, it's like Judaism. You, don't, you, know, you can quit going to the synagogue, but you, know, you still carry that, that energy and those archetypes in your soul. And I feel the same way about being a Catholic. And I, you know, my favorite saints, if you will, or movements, thinkers, are Hildegard of Bingen, Thomas Aquinas, Meister Eckhart, Thomas Merton, you know, these great Catholics over the centuries, Teilhard de Chardin, Thomas Berry, who brought, you know, some intelligent thinking into the world. So, uh, no, I, I just see myself as kind of uh, growing more communities <laughs> rather than leaving either or. Okay, in the next segment, we're going to talk about Matthew's... Uh, response, take to the pedophilia crisis in the church and Pope Francis's response to it. Please join us on Reality Asserts Itself on the Real News Network.